the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Get it underway for a Thursday. J.R. Davis not here today. He is on vacation. He's out of the office. And uh, State uh, Senator Kim Hammer is on his way. He uh, just sent me a text. What time was that? About a minute uh, About a minute till 2 o'clock. And he said, I'm on my way from the Capitol. So uh, we'll see what's going on as far as you know him getting here. We've got a lot of things to talk about. Uh, just let me run over some of the things I wanted to speak to him about. Uh, wanted to talk about uh, he was on the committee dealing with opioids, and there was a story in the paper yesterday that opioid uh, use in the state has fallen some. I want to talk to him about that and how things are going. Uh, they've got uh, the free legal clinic now at the Bowen School of Law for veterans. Uh, that's uh, gotten started, and then I'd, I'd like to talk to him a little bit about the highway funds and broadband uh, committee that he's on. Made some decisions. Had I don't think it was in today. I think it was in yesterday's paper. Yeah, it was yesterday's paper. I'll. Uh, I'm going to jump into um, my office here in a minute. Just saw this in the uh, paper today. I don't know about everybody else. I'm a big oyster bar guy. I love the oyster bar going out and eating there. Uh, the longtime fixture in Little Rocks, uh, you know, on Markham, uh, comes under new ownership sometime next month, said owner Virginia Boyd, Chris Tanner, who owns uh, Samantha's Tap Room and Wood Grill, Cheers in the Heights, and other Cheers in Fayetteville, takes over sometime between. The 4th of September, right after Labor Day, and the 18th, Boyd says Tanner and his team have uh, brought in contractors and taken bids on physical renovations uh, to the space and that she has seen a draft of a new, more upscale menu, but isn't sure that it's final. Boyd says she's selling the restaurant because she's 66 years old, same age as I am, and I'd like to retire while I have time to play. I understand what she's saying. It makes sense. Uh, I love the Oyster Bar. I've had it for 35 years, so I would hate to see it not survive, she says. But she's certainly not leaving it for good. I expect to be down there hanging out instead of working, she said. The Shrimp and Gumbo restaurant first opened back in 1975. 
uh, operating out of a building that once housed a grocery store, according to its website. The restaurant posted Tuesday on Facebook that patrons have a few weeks left to come taste and experience the oyster bar you've known and loved for the last 45 years. Zach, have you ever ate at the oyster bar? Okay. Uh, you're going to be here tomorrow, right? I'm going to take you to lunch, brother. We'll go to the oyster bar for lunch. I'm going to go over and have lunch. I love uh, the clams, the fried clams that they do over there. So I'm, that's what I'll do. You pick whatever you want, poor boy, whatever else you might want to do. But I'm going to do clams. And because if they're closing and they're not going to have that kind of a menu anymore, then um, I just got to tell you, I got to get over there and get my fill of clams, fried clams. They do the best fried clams here in the city, at least as far as I'm concerned. Uh, the restaurant posted Tuesday again. Do you want to come on down? Uh, you want to check it out? You want to have dinner uh, because it's uh, been, uh, you know, 45 years going to be over here in the beginning of September. Well, the menu may change. We know the new folks will do us proud. Oh, and this may be your last chance to snap a pick. With Johnny Cash, got a picture again. Get your picture taken. Tanner didn't get back to us by deadline. Restaurant hours until the transition continue to be eleven until nine thirty Monday through Thursday, eleven to ten thirty on Friday, eleven a.m. to ten thirty on Saturday. And the phone over there is six 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 seventy one hundred six 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 seventy one hundred. And thanks to uh, Eric Harrison from the Dim Gaz uh, for that uh, on the uh, style page today uh, talking about uh, about them. I had heard that they sold a long, a long time ago. I thought they had already closed and I, I drove by one day and they were still open. I said, well, they're still open. I'm eating. And I went in and had, and had lunch. I think it was uh, who'd I, who do I have lunch with? Cat Robinson, I think. She and I went over there had lunch and came back and did the show here uh, on, on the air. But that's going to be a loss. I'm telling you, that place will not be around. That that will be definitely uh, a, a, a loss as far as I'm concerned. Well, he's here. State uh, Senator Kim Hammer is here. Did you hear what I was just talking about? No. I just got off the phone and hit the elevator. All right. Well, Oyster Bar been sold. Oh, I just drove by it. Yeah, it uh, yeah, it's been sold. It uh, new owners take over right in the beginning of September, September fourth or eighteenth, according to uh, Virginia Boyd. She's the owner, uh, and uh, she says she's selling the restaurant because quote I'm sixty six, and I'd like to retire while I have time to play. I love the oyster bar. I've had it for thirty five years, so I'd hate to see it not survive, but. You know, I'm not leaving it for good. I expect to be down there hanging out instead of working. However, I think the new owners are going to have a different menu. So I, I just told Zach, Zach's never even eaten there. I'm going to take him to lunch tomorrow because I don't think anybody makes fried clams as well as the Oyster Bar does. That is a popular place, uh, especially for some fundraising events and everything. They've got a neat decor down there and just uh, food's always been great. Uh, no, I think yeah. that's what helped keep the reputation up as long as it is and Hopefully the new owners will continue that. Good place to eat. All right. Okay, so I've already got people sending in questions for Ed Monk, who's coming up in the next hour. That's great. 
We want to know about a concealed permit for carrying a gun in Arkansas. So we want to see what Ed has to say on that. Ed Ed Monk's going to be on from Last Resort Firearms. Uh, he's going to be here as well as Rose Mims is going to join us uh, for a while in the next hour. Uh, they want to talk about that uh, the billboard they got and about uh, the whole thing about safe boxes and all that. That's all coming up here on the Dave Ellswick Show. You, sir, during uh, earlier, I think it was uh, the late spring, was were on my show, and we were talking about opioids because you were part of a committee dealing with opioid abuse here in the state, correct? On the public health and yes. then smokes, yes. Okay. Did you see the um, the report? I have Opi- not. Opioid use is, uh, has gone, has lowered here in the state of Arkansas. And I would give a lot of credit for that to Director uh, Chief Lane. I still call him Chief. He used to be Benton Police Chief. Uh, Kirk Lane, I give a lot of credit to him and his team. Obviously, you know, the governor has made it a a uh, big emphasis yeah, priority as, yeah as we all have i mean it's a team effort and everything and i think uh it's one of those things you whether you're a democrat republican whether you're white black yellow whatever um opioids is not a respecter of persons and it has probably touched every arkansas family and if not a uh, good chance it's going to unless we can keep those numbers going in the right direction yeah well evidently whatever you all did it's had some positive effect thus far i think it was a combination of several things i think it was looking at the prescription methodologies Uh, i know they are changing the direction at ums as far as education is concerned Uh, we kind of went through a generation uh, across america that hey you come out of surgery throw pain medicines at it'll get better well the unintended consequences of that is you also got some people hooked on it too Mm -hmm. Uh, that's not a criticism that's just history speaking volumes uh we have thrown more money at it and as i mentioned a while ago kirk lane uh is spearheading that and i think that just the educational aspect of it and then getting treatment uh i know they are working on setting up treatment centers around the state so people that have that um you know it has risen to an epidemic proportion and those combination of those four things right there uh we're not anywhere ahead of it but I think we certainly are. It's kind of like turning a herd of cattle. Uh, we got the out, outer limits, and we're going to start turning it back the other direction. Now, it's not an easy an easy fix by any stretch of the imagination. A lot of people uh, can't get a hold of the opioids, and I don't know if you know the answer to this or not. Have we seen any any kind of uptick at all in heroin use in here in the in the state? I think heroin is uh, upticking, and that's that's part of the problem when you're dealing with the drug culture, whether it's the opioids, whether it's the heroin, whether it's the marijuana. Um, I think that where you address it in one area, it, it kind of pops itself out in another area. And so whatever is the um, – you know, and the thing is, is people get hooked on drugs uh, when that drug of choice is no longer bringing them the level of satisfaction – they go looking for what's going to take them to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why it's difficult because you got to fight it on all fronts. But um, the cheaper a drug becomes uh, and the more accessible it becomes, then I think the greater challenge we have on keeping addictions down here in the state. Side note, uh, I think that's part of the problem with legalizing recreational marijuana is you're, you're just creating another level of temptation uh, that I don't think needs to 
to be out there for recreational purposes. All right. With it. And by the way, State Senator Kim Hammer, if you haven't tuned in on Saturdays at noon, he has his talk show now here on uh, The Answer on Saturdays at 12 o'clock. And I think it was last week because I was out of town and I wanted to hear this. You had on Melissa Fultz and you had on Jerry Cox doing a kind of point counterpoint thing on uh, recreational marijuana. How'd that go? Well, it went good. We all left here without any blood on us, so it went good. Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, Melissa and Jerry um, have been opposite sides uh, many times. Many times. I, I don't. I'm sure there's something out there they've been on the same page on, but uh, when it comes to recreational marijuana, they're on opposite ends. But it was, you know, it was a good open discussion. It is on, you know, your my Facebook page where they can go back and pull it up out oh, of the good. archives, and um, it was a, a highly viewed uh audience as far as you know the facebook views and everything um but i i think there were some valid points i'm going to put out disclaimer i'm i'm against recreational marijuana uh but i just tried to facilitate a discussion where both sides could have the opportunity to just moderate i moderated it and um you know i think i think there were some valid points made um i think it's one of those things we need to talk about uh, because if you don't talk about it you don't bring out the issues that are associated with it you know, the recreational part of it, I don't have as much problem with that as I do that they want to go in and pull people out of prison and stuff that were arrested when marijuana was illegal. And I understand your argument is they shouldn't have had to go to prison. However, it was illegal and they broke the law. So I I have a real problem of just cleaning out all the jail cells, don't you? I definitely have a problem because likelihood is, and you'd almost have to go case by case basis. Was that the only thing you were in jail for? Right. You know, did you rob a bank to support your habit and they pleaded down to where you, you got that. And that, that would be a case by case basis. And it's the same thing today. It is still illegal at the federal level. Yes, it is. And that's not been resolved. And whether that's the, of course I, I've made this comment before. I think Arkansas is being targeted as a soft state for these outside interests to come in. Uh, and Melissa acknowledged on the program that, you know, uh, the, 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 the efforts were a lot from the outside pushing in. And I think that well, they want us to be the first Southern state that legalizes it. Right. Because then they can start picking off the other states That's around correct. us. Um, I kind of resent the fact that Arkansas has that image of, from outside sources that if they put enough money in here then they can get done what they want to get done they can get that 51 percent. they can get that 51 percent. so um anyway that's that's my thought on that one okay but she admitted during your show that money is flowing in from outside sources well what was admitted was that it was you know as far as david couch and and the the outside the the outside sources do have a direct impact on what's happening here in the state all right did she talk about that why david couch hasn't gotten involved because when he was on my show when they were running they wanted to run the uh medicinal marijuana uh melissa was involved in that as well and she stepped aside for david couch to to run the ball I wonder if David Couch knew that it was going to be a much harder lift than 
what some people thought, and so he hasn't gotten involved in it to you know be the tip of the spear, so to speak, and he's letting Melissa take it. Well, you can go up and watch the interview, watch the show. You know, it's archived up there. Uh, but my question was, are you the sacrificial lamb, and you're just being shoved out front to see what the numbers are going to come back, and then David and them will come in and – the money will come with it. So you asked exactly what I'm thinking here. Go ahead. Well, that's that's what I asked was, are you the sacrificial lamb? Because somebody's got to take the first step out. Yeah. And and I'll give Melissa a lot of credit. She and I get along fine. Uh, you know, I don't agree with her, but she is a person at least that's willing to step out there. And she's not, you know, she's at least out there. Yeah, she gets into the field of play. So she gets into the field of play. And, you know, so whether or not, she is the the sacrificial lamb as far as pushing it out there so they can see if it is it a you know is it this time around is it a 45 55 or is it a a 30 70 because they're going to put their money wherever whichever state they can pick off Mm -hmm. first right so so what did she say does she think she's being the sacrificial lamb i think you would probably need to go back and listen to it i don't think that was a direct i'll see how she talks around it yeah i don't think it was a direct (laughs) answer if i remember right it was uh this was you know we're doing this because the uh it's the right thing to do well and the medical marijuana is (laughs) is a cluster and uh you know although it's getting straightened out now it didn't get started but hey you know you got to remember they kind of wrote the they kind of wrote the rules of the game when they got it passed did jerry did jerry bring that up that melissa said that she wasn't interested in recreational marijuana when she was running the medicinal marijuana thing that was brought up Okay, I have to go back and watch it. Yeah. Where is it on Facebook? It's on my Facebook page, Kim Kim David Hammer. Kim David Hammer dot com. Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. I got to have to watch that. Check it out because I wanted to see it live, but I went over to watch the Iowa Cubs play against the uh, Memphis Redbirds last Saturday. That was your anniversary, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's my so 28th. you were where you need to be doing what you need to do. Doing what I was needing to do. That's exactly right. Went to the zoo on Friday. Went to the ball game on Saturday. All right, we'll come back. We'll talk further with Kim Hammer here on the Dave Ellswick Show. you got a question, 823-0965. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. You know you have a 96% chance. That's right, a 96% chance of losing $111,000 in Social Security benefits. According to new research in Bloomberg, 96% of Americans lose $111,000 in Social Security benefits because they take their benefits at the wrong time. Learn how you could avoid this by uh, going to an educational workshop, Maximizing Social Security with David Lucas, right here in Little Rock. Two workshops uh, coming up into September, Tuesday the 24th, Thursday the 26th. Registration is just $20. Seats are selling fast. If you save t- $250,000, register now by calling 501-653-6690, and the workshop will reveal the little-known strategies that could help you wring every nickel out of your benefits that are rightfully yours. That number again, 501-653-6690, or register online at davidlucasfinancial.com. All right, we are back with you. Move into the second half hour of a Thursday show today. Don't forget, Rose Mims going to be on with us for a little bit in the next hour, and then Ed is going to be here, uh, Monk, uh, from uh, Last Resort Firearms Training. He's going to be here. 
I'm going to tell you, you don't want to miss, if you don't have to miss it, listen as you're going home. Because he's going to talk about this whole thing about background checks. And he's going to talk about, well, what else can they do? And if they did it, does it do anything? And he's got some, he's got some compelling evidence against getting it worse, you know, making it worse to get a gun. Well, and I, we talked about this before. Sometimes when there is a action that occurs, everybody feels like they've got to give a reaction. Knee jerk. And sometimes the best reaction is, okay, let's just think this through before we just jump off here and do something. Do you think the president does that, you know, right after El Paso and Dayton? He came out and said, well, maybe we need to do something about background checks. Maybe we need to do something about red flags. And then a couple of weeks have gone by, and now he's saying, you know, we looked at uh, background checks. You know, we've, we've got really good background checks. There might be a couple of holes, but we got – and he's kind of let the red flag thing go. I think it is something that we need to look at. But just because you look at something doesn't mean you change what you have just to say you change something. And Donald Trump is a brilliant man. I've never met him, but I think he is a brilliant man. He gets under everybody's skin. Um, but he doesn't – he has been doing it so long. I don't think he does something like that. But what he doesn't already know what the results are going to be mm-hmm. before he says it. And for him to put that out there – um, I think was good because it you got to force the discussion on the topic, even if it's not a comfortable topic to talk about. Because then once you do, and everybody has a chance to throw their thoughts into it, then you hope that what is best comes out as a result of that. But if all you do is keep it below the radar screen, you don't force people to share what their ideas are and what their thoughts are. And that's what I think keeps things churning. You do like what he did, and then – you force everybody to say what their thoughts are, and then you just systematically wipe them out if they're not good thoughts. Yeah. But if you okay. don't put it out there to talk about. Makes sense. Makes sense. By the way, Lindsey Graham, Senator Graham of, uh, was it South Carolina or North Carolina? One of the Carolinas. I forget which one. Uh, said that at least the Senate is smart enough to know that they can't write a red flag law for every state. Nor but, should they. Okay. Nor should they even try. Right. Uh, but he does want to write up a law that will make federal dollars available to states who are looking at red flag laws to help them facilitate that. I'm going to ask you to make a promise to me. If the federal government comes to Arkansas and, are, and offers us money to institute some form of red flag or whatever it is else they call it, we had Dan Sullivan on just Tuesday and talked about this. Don't take the money just because it's government money and put together something that we'll all regret. I would put that under the biblical principle that the borrower is servant to the lender. And once you take that money, it's kind of like our educational system or our DHS system or a lot of our other systems, that once you take that money, then you have to be uh, compliant to what goes with it. And I don't think we need – here's are, the thing. Are you trying to say that federal money comes with strings attached? All the time. But, you know, here's the thing. You, we don't need the federal money for us to sit down and have a discussion about it. Why do you need money? And so to offer up money like that – 
has an underlying reason behind it because it doesn't make common sense that you have to uh, have federal money to draw conclusions Mm -hmm. about a red flag law. I mean, we've got a legislative bureau over there. Governor has his abilities. All these activist groups or, you know, these individual groups, uh, this is one thing we don't need to take federal money from because there's no reason to take federal money from it. What do you think about the governor and hate crime legislation? He seems to be, he seems to want to be plowing straight ahead, says that we need a hate crime law. I mean, as he puts it, we're only one of four states that don't have this, uh, Senator. Isn't that uh, as though that's a bad thing? I think you need to have um, the governor or his spokesman to come on and speak their piece about what they think. I would just say Well, this. they have. I know. <laughs> um but I would say this, and I was listening last night. Um, I was listening last night to one of the late night talk show hosts, and I I would agree with what he was saying, and that is, if if I am a white person and I shoot you, yeah, okay, and let's say that I do it motivated out of hate because I don't like the color you are, and I'm saying I'm a white person because I am, so okay, okay, and I don't like. I shoot you because you are not the color that I like, and that's the reason that I do it. Um, That is, some would say, that is motivated out of hate. Um, What I would say is I I would rather bring all individuals to the same level. Thank you. And and that we would match the crimes against it because once you start introducing the subject – of hate you're doing it on the basis of the argument of what determines hate versus your life is valuable i don't care what color it is i don't care what motivated me to shoot you uh we should be having the discussion about how are you going to hold me to the highest level accountable for what i did regardless of that it's my my exact argument all crimes all crimes are driven out of hate at the base of the reason why they do it whether they hate bankers and they go out and rob banks or whether they 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 hate whatever hate is and that's why i think the bible teaches the more love we get the less hate you have to deal with um so that's my philosophy yeah i'm with you where why would we have a a stepping stone so to speak type of legal system it shouldn't matter what color you are somebody murders you the murderer should face the same repercussions all all the time. Ed Monk's here. Come on in, Ed. He's here a little early. You can sit on down with us. We were talking about hate crime legislation. We can get you in. Get your, oh, look at him. Look at him shake his head. He's already shaking his head. Which, incidentally, I just. You know, you're not as old as I am, and you're more cantankerous than I am. Just go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. I was just going to say, Sunday, we got our, a group of us went and got our enhanced license renewed oh, okay. and everything so that's a good thing hey can i plug my show for saturday yes. real quick while you're waiting for of him course to settle you can. in go ahead um so saturday uh we are going to have the chief security officer for war memorial because a week from this friday is the salt bowl and wow, so, already already on the 30th the salt bowl and so you know there are thousands of people that come in for that uh it was a it was a tainted experience last year now yeah. uh but I think people will be pleased to hear what they, you know, have to say. So I'm going to have um, the chief of security on Saturday to talk about uh, the increased security and what they've done, and we'll have that discussion. Then we'll have Tim Griffin on as well, 
And so, Did the we'll, lieutenant governor's coming by. Spoke, well, he's going to call in. He's on the road campaigning. Oh, okay. Uh, so whether he stops by or not, he'll be on the radio. Did he for ever part stop campaigning? You never do when you're elected. <laughs> you might run I'm at different saying. paces. You might run at different paces, but you're always running. So yeah, I'm with you. So Ed, your your thoughts about hate crime legislation? Uh, they're a ridiculous, unneeded thing. If 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 I beat you up or try to kill you because you've got money I want, because you said something I didn't like, because of your religion, because of your color, it doesn't matter. What matters is I was violent against you illegally. Uh, after the El Paso shooting, uh, they say, so this guy went in, in Texas now, shot and killed that many people. He He's going to get what he's going to get. But it made people happy and feel better to hear, well, the, now the federal government's also going to investigate and see if hate crime charges he killed a whole bunch of people in texas he's gonna get what he's gonna get the fact that his motivation was may have been race doesn't really matter if he'd have been mad because his girlfriend broke up with him and he killed 30 innocent people if he lost his job and shot 30 innocent people that's the crime is that he killed people he shouldn't have killed not he shouldn't vary because of the reason why can i ask one question we'll get into this in the next hour does it amaze you that a gunman walked into a Walmart in Texas and no concealed carry person fired at him? Yes, it does. Uh, in Texas, and in, from what I've read, and of course I don't always 100% trust what I read on these things, but there were it was very, very crowded. Started in the parking lot and then went in. There's supposedly 3,000 people in that Walmart. In the area. Uh, yeah. I have one news report that shows there was an off-duty, off-duty border enforcement agent in there off-duty not wearing the duty weapon so that's another okay. problem a lot of people have licenses and don't carry and that doesn't really do any good because showing your license to the mad shooter won't won't really stop, stop shooting but, but you know there are <laughs> there are cases where concealed carry people were carrying and did act and stop at tumwater a washington a, a walmart in tumwater washington just less than two years ago in fact there were three armed citizens there two of which drew their guns and one the first one that got to him shot him and killed him so that was a great success story in a much smaller walmart with a lot fewer people in a more liberal state but it it works every time it's tried okay i just thought it was really weird yeah. in, in texas three thousand people and nobody had a gun on them. i just well i'm not like, i'm not convinced right, right. the facts are no one had a gun i think it might have been convinced i've got a gun but i'm not willing to go up against a guy with an ak i've got a gun but i've got my wife and kids with me and they're more important to me than mm-hmm. so uh I, I think it's it is surprising that out of that many people, with a certain percentage of them, I think probably had licenses and very likely were armed. That nobody went up against him until the until he gave himself up to police. The no. one thing I think that we can focus on as legislators is that we need to remove the seed of doubt that if that individual that is legally carrying that 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 weapon that if they do draw that weapon, they're not going to have to worry about the consequences of law as long as they're acting in a responsible manner. Uh, because if you if you put that seed of doubt in somebody's mind and say the kids are not in the picture, say whatever reason is gone, that that person doesn't have to worry about being uh, prosecuted by the law because they were trying to do the right thing in the responsible manner. Yeah, correct. Right. And armed citizens have never shot the wrong person. In reaction to an active shooter, cops have at least four times. Now, right, take a break. Come back, finish it up. State Senator Kim Hammer is here. Ed Monk has moved into the studio as well. Rose Mims has stopped by in the near future. We got a lot going on today on a Thursday edition of the Dave Ellswick Show. 
All right, we've got uh, Senator Tim Hammer, Kim, not Tim, Kim Hammer, for about uh, another, what, five minutes at the most. Let me ask a couple of questions and, and let you jump on them. Money was just approved that the governor had asked for uh, dealing with broadband. Your thoughts about that? I think it was a great move. Um, if we're going to be competitive as a state, then we have to be able to give people access to all the world, uh, not just live in their little piece of the world. And so I think that it was a good move. I think it was a good unison effort on the part of the, you know, both branches of the government uh, to get that push through. I know uh, Representative Stephen Meeks, who on the, uh, you know, on the legislative side, if I ever have a question, he's the one I go to because he's mm-hmm. been involved in that from ever since. Yeah, day one. And uh, so I, I trust his judgment. And also, I just think it was the right thing to do because it's going to expand business or get the capability to expand business and uh, be able to give you know people what they need, and that is access to Internet. So what, is it 2024 the governor says he wants to make sure that uh, broadband is available throughout the state? I'm at a loss as far as what percentage, but the vast percentage of the state. And I want to say like 95%, but I could be wrong on that. But, yes, by then, uh, you know, want, wants to have it blanketed over the state okay and then you all uh, uh put out uh, forget legislative council i guess it was that said it was all right to spend x amount of dollars on roads for retopping roads and things of that nature i'll be honest with you dave i wasn't in that meeting so for okay. me just throw out an answer i'm not you know i don't care to render a statement okay. on that because i've got to get brushed up on that one okay and the uh, last thing you got your show on saturdays don't mm-hmm. forget State Senator Kim Hammer right here in the studio most of the time doing a live show every Saturday at noon uh, letting you see into state government. He's trying to make state government as transparent as possible for you. And you say you're going to talk about security over at War Memorial Stadium. We will talk uh, this Saturday regarding the Salt Bowl that's coming up, which, like I said, is, you know, there's more people attend the Salt Bowl than some college games here in the state. Yeah. And so it's it's a big deal. We want people to know that they're going to be safe when they come and just want to kind of uh, spotlight uh, the improvements that have been made. And then uh, we'll also have Tim Griffin on. Last week we had Amy uh, Fetcher on. You can go back and watch that because it was all about the, trans- about the transformation mm-hmm. and things related to that. And so we try to have topics that are relevant and people would be interested. So in. how's that transformation going? Is it going well? Uh, it's going. I think it's going to be a process that's, you know, you're looking at probably one to two years to realize the full effect of it. Um, obviously, it's like anything else you do new. You got you got hiccups along the way. But overall, I think it's going in the right directions. The biggest question seems to be about, uh, you know, the salaries that were given and always watching that. Um, but I do know there is movement as far as like consolidating offices and uh, trying to bring together, uh, you know, like HR departments, you know, not needing to. Uh, so it's going in the right direction. But I, I think it's always one of those things like anything else. You just got to pay attention to it, make sure it continues to go in the right direction. All right. So a final statement here before I let Kim go, and that is I'm going to say something right now. It's not against anybody who only is one-armed. But Kim Hammer is sometimes, as state senator, is like a one-armed man in a paper-hanging contest. And so I don't want to get any, please don't text me. Don't email me. Uh, Bottom line, uh, I'll let you get out of here. I know you're busy. I know you need to leave. You told me you had to get out of here early. 
So I'm going to let you go. Oh, I thought you said. I thought I was waiting for what the bottom line was. No, the bottom <laughs> line is he's like a one-armed man in a paper hanging contest. That's what I was trying to lead up to. I only have so long to serve in public office. I want to make the most of it for the people of Arkansas. All right, thanks, well, Dave. Take off your headphones, there. Don't. I've seen it happen. People forget and they start walking out and they have their feet jerked right out from under. Pull away so from the gas. Pump. Don't want to have that. Yeah, there you go. All right, that's State Senator Kim Hammer. Don't forget noon on Saturday. Tune in, hear what he's got. For you, especially if you go into the Salt Bowl, you'll want to hear what he has to say. Ed Bunk's going to hang around. We're going to bring Rose Mims in for a few minutes as well in the next uh, hour. She's got some things to talk about, about Arkansas Right to Life. We're going to slide her in and talk about that all here on the on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, had a question sent here, Ed, to you. Oh, my goodness. Let me find the uh, – the, i got to find it. Hopefully it's not one of those two trains leaving two different cities no, at the same not, time. No, it's nothing like that. I, yeah, hate, it, those I hate those questions, okay? All right, here. This came across. And let's see. Where is it? Okay. That isn't it. Where is it? It wasn't there. Then it must have been over in my emails. Let me see if it's an email. Wasn't from my parole officer, was it? No, it okay. was not. Uh, Sandy Greenway says, "Dave, we heard that Ed Monk will be on your program today. We wanted to know if it is required to have a concealed permit for carrying a gun now in Arkansas. We wanted to make sure and know that Ed is an expert on these things. That's you a got at least one person. That's a stretch. Go ahead." Uh, my understanding, and in fact, we have now an Arkansas uh, appeals court that says the law is clear on this. Um, the law didn't make it legal to carry without a license. The law simply removed the criminal act, the crime of carrying without a license. There's a carrying carrying a weapon used to be and still is a misdemeanor uh, before Act 746. All that had to be proven uh, to charge and convict you of carrying a weapon was that you were in possession of the weapon. Now, there were exceptions if you were hunting, if you had a concealed carry license, if you were in a business. You know, there were exceptions. But if you didn't fit an exception and you were in the possession of a handgun, you were guilty of the crime by merely possessing it. What Act 746 did is it added an element to the requ- to the crime. Now, to charge and convict you of that crime, not only do you have to be in possession of a handgun, but you also have to have intent to use it illegally as a weapon against another person. So mere possession is not enough for the conviction. Um, so there, if, if someone said, well, could you get arrested for carrying a gun without a license? And if a police officer said, yes, my question would be, what are you going to charge him with? Because I don't know of what the crime would be now. Could you still get in trouble? Could you still be violating the law? Yes. If you're a prohibited person in possession of a handgun, or if you're in a prohibited place, like within so many feet of, of a school or then there's uh, parks, public property, public buildings. There are other places in the law, uh, for which if you are in possession of a gun, it is a crime, and for some of those, if you have a concealed carry license, you're exempt from that crime. Okay. You'll be here in the next hour, all right? Rose Mims is going to be here when we first start next hour. We're going to put her in the middle chair here, and then we're going to talk to her about right to life, and then we're going to continue with Ed because he's going to talk about uh, background checks and a lot of hooey that's out there that is just a whole lot of fooey. We'll talk... I just made that up, and it, and, and it sounded as stupid as I thought it did. We'll take a break here on the Dave Ellswick Show.
All right, back with you, Dave Ellsworth Show. Rose Mims, Arsenal Right the Live, sitting across from me right now. She brought me chocolate chip cookies. Now, I know that these are healthy chocolate chip. What are you looking at, Zach? I see you craning your neck over there. You want one? Okay. Look at the size of these. Are you ready? As Ed said, these are hubcaps. All right. These these are 100% healthy because they came from Panera. So you know they wouldn't put sugar and stuff in them. And they, they put a little bit of cookie around the chocolate chips. That's it. Looks it. Like. I'm liking this. This is good. It looks excellent. Anyway, thank you very much, Rose. I appreciate you. Well, you're welcome, and thank you, Dave, for but being you didn't such have, a no, great friend. You didn't friend. have to bring me chocolate chip cookies for me to appreciate you. I know. I know, but we appreciate you. You know, you're celebrating your 50th year in radio in Arkansas Right to Live. You know, wanted to show a little bit of appreciation to you for all that you do for life and the the great friend that you've been. I mean, last year, you know, your uh, the answer helped sponsor bringing in Ann McElhaney and Gosnell for I had to bring Ann in <laughs> Ann's such a cool person yes she is and we had a great turnout um, at Riverdale 10 and really appreciate all that you did to make that possible is she still on fire she is good yes I'm glad I'm so glad she's such a great lady I, I met her 2016 I guess it was at CPAC I was just telling Ed at CPAC in 2016, of course, the whole Trump thing was really rolling then because everybody knew he's going to be the one to run for the Republicans. And he had spoken uh, that afternoon. And that night, we saw the movie Olympus Has Fallen, which was about American great Secret Service killing terrorists. And because of that, we were all having a good time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm going. The reason I say that I'm going to see Angel Has Fallen tonight. Oh, tonight's the the completion of the trilogy of the three movies that they've made about the, that Secret Service agent, played by Gerard Butler, who I love in that part. He's so good in that part. Mm-hmm. All right. So enough about that, though. Let's get back and talk about life. You say there's a play coming in. You were right. telling me there's a play. Where where's it going to be, and what's it about, and Give us the whole nine yards. Well, we're very excited to bring a stage play. It's called Viable, the Truth, presented in one act. I got to see it at our national convention in Charleston, South Carolina this summer. Uh, It just opened in June, and it happened to come out of South Carolina. Mm -hmm. And the writer-producer is John Hoover, and it's three actors. The set is two chairs. And it's all about the story of a woman who has a secret abortion in her past mm-hmm. and how it has affected her marriage and the relationship that she has with God. And she, through a series, a dreamlike set series of events, uh, comes to terms with what she's done by visit from her aborted child. It is so powerful. I wish you had watched the nine-minute clip that I sent you, but it's coming. uh, They're doing a national tour in Arkansas. I contacted John and asked him if Arkansas could participate in the tour, and he said, sure. So uh, I didn't want to settle for one city. We're bringing it to four cities. Oh, wow. And it's going to be Springdale, September 27th, Jonesboro, September 28th, Little Rock, September 29th, Ninth, and then Texarkana, September 30th. 
So I am busy trying to raise funds. It's $3,000 per performance. It will be free to attend. We're not Mm going to charge people to come see it. And then we'll take take up a love offering at each performance but i'm looking for churches to vi- to as the venue of where we can show it because we want to have as many people come as possible right and fill it up fill it up the, the church so i still need a church in jonesboro and texarkana got one in little rock it's gonna be at covenant presbyterian in little rock okay and where, uh, where is that at? it's off, off of uh, chanel in west little rock okay uh it's gonna be on that sunday evening at six thirty p.m so i hope you'll come and um bring everybody I you know be able to uh, be on vacation oh darn i'm sorry yeah well you can watch but i'll think about you and, while i'm dipping okay. my toes in the gulf yeah okay <laughs> well i will send you the link to the full place so you can watch yes, it please do so but uh, as i said we've got it on our website and it's not till the end of september but we're talking it up now trying to secure the venue trying to secure the funding so if anybody any of your listeners out there could write a check for three thousand dollars for viable to come i would take that how about if they had three hundred dollars three hundred's good a hundred's good yeah i've i've raised so far about forty five hundred and um got a little ways to go yeah that means you still got two-thirds of a way to go right. basically right okay so, so but we're excited about viable and we're also excited about the safe haven baby uh, boxes that are coming to arkansas yeah that's something else we wanted to touch on talk about that yeah we've got a safe haven um law billboard campaign going to promote the boxes and we got the um have already Got the first box um, location determined here in Arkansas. It will be at Fire Station Number 3 in Benton. And it will be dedicated, if everything goes as planned, on September 18th. Okay, so uh, we had the lady on. Yeah, Monica. Yeah, that uh, is all about this. Explain to my listeners again about the boxes. How does it work? Okay, well, first of all, I'm going to talk about the Safe Haven Law that was passed in 2001 that allows for the safe uh, surrender of an infant 30 days or younger by a parent, a mother or father who who cannot or will not parent their child. And that uh, child can be surrendered at a hospital or a law enforcement agency, handed to a person. It can't be left out on the side of the the building or the doorstep yeah, has to be handed to a person like in the old no. movies and sit it down on the doorstep no. and then this year we amended the safe haven law in arkansas to include manned fire departments and also to Great allow place, for the, by the way. right to allow for the installation of safe haven baby boxes which is a new concept um it started in indiana with monica kelsey mm-hmm. founder of safe haven baby boxes and it's an, a, a device that can be installed at a surrender location, hospital, fire, uh, law enforcement, or a fire department. Fire departments work best, we have found, with these because, you know, a law enforcement agency is a little bit intimidating. Yes. And, and a hospital can be, too. Uh, a lot of people around those places. But a fire department, you know, a woman could have anonymity, complete anonymity, by placing the baby in the safe haven baby box and it's a drawer-like device that she opens from the outside places the child inside it's an incubator the the inside of the fire department where the the incubator is clear plexiglass with holes in it so you know it's not like the baby's shut up in a steel box 
an alarm triggers immediately once the baby is placed in the box and then also the door locks securely they cannot the mother could not open the door back up okay and take, or anybody that might see her do that mm-hmm. uh, to take the child and the child is immediately given medical attention if necessary you know 911 is called an ambulance is called and then dhs takes over after that yeah this is important because there's been two stories just recently one just a few days ago about a man that was out early in the morning walking in the woods uh on his morning constitutional basically and he heard a a noise and he stopped to listen and it sounded like crying and he found a little baby it had it was only hours old out in somebody had left it in the forest yeah and uh, he was able to rescue that child and a couple of weeks back uh, I think it was a a 10-day-old infant that, that, that they found on the side of the road on the side of a road all right this just makes sense because the, the the mother can go up and doesn't have to talk to anybody or do anything she's just saying i can't do this and leaves the child there right yeah it's tragic what happens to these infants whose mothers for whatever reason you know have hidden the pregnancy feels that they cannot turn to anybody and have has delivers a child and then leaves that child in a trash can a dumpster on the side of the road in a plastic bag just tossed aside for wild animals or dogs to to you know, it's just, I don't even want to think you about what happens. About yeah. You know, and, and sometimes we never find the infants. And then these mothers, if they're found, they're charged with murder or attempted murder, mm-hmm. abandonment, child neglect at the, at the least. You know, so it helps both the mother and the child. And then these children can be adopted. Well, here's the key. I agree it's a terrible thing what the mother has done. But I will say this. At least she gave the child a chance that that that's what i'll say and i'm not i'm not worried about seeking retribution if she takes it to the fire station police station hospital doesn't it now you take it out and drop it off in the forest got i got problems with that or on the side of the road but i mean if you, you got these safe havens that you can take the child to you can't handle the kid for whatever reason, your child, you can't handle that for whatever reason's going on in your head, at least let the child live. Right. And Arkansas Right to Life has really committed uh, a lot of time and resources to making sure that the girls and the women, the people who need to know about the Safe Haven Law, know about the Safe Haven Law. Mm-hmm. I mean, the state has produced flyers. They produce posters. We're trying to get these into the hands of of crisis pregnancy centers and even schools and churches so that they can know about it. And then also to do our Safe Haven billboard campaign that we're doing. Uh, this is the artwork. I don't know if I want you to see yeah, it, but it's great. going up all you over Arkansas. Yeah, right now that. we've got it on about... Uh, close to 20 billboards around the state and my goal is to have one in every county at some point in time so that's 75 counties so it means 75 billboards and um saline county garland county um washington county on i-49 um jefferson county arkansas county 
uh, Pulaski County. You know, just many, many counties uh, going to be in Searcy County on the road to my favorite place to visit, and that's Eureka, uh, not Eureka, I, I like Eureka Springs, yeah, I like but Branson. Branson yeah. is my favorite vacation destination. Okay. Let me say, surrendering your newborn at a fire station delivers no shame, no blame, no names, crisis, question mark, call Safe Haven Baby Boxes, 1-866-99-BABY-1. Right. And there's the website again on the back. Yeah, and we will, I mean, when they call that number, if a woman in crisis calls that number, she will be encouraged to take the child and surrender it at a hospital in the arms of a person. Mm -hmm. But if she cannot do that for whatever reason, she will be told where the closest safe haven baby box is that she can take it. And like I said, Benton will be the first one in Arkansas, but there's a lot of places in Arkansas that are interested in the safe haven baby box, and there'll be more. All right. Yeah, well, you got to get as many places as possible. By the way, who's this guy that's on that's doing the firefighter here? I don't Do you know. know. It's some good-looking fireman. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Rose wants to be saved by you. Just know that. Okay. We got. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Let's take a break. It's twenty minutes after three. We'll come back. Finish up at Rose. Ed's here. Ed Monk, uh, Last Resort Firearms. He's going to be with us as well. We got questions for him. We're going to talk about background checks. Don't forget about type two diabetes. That, that's a disease can really make you feel like you're stuck. Uh, you know that type 2 diabetes is a lot to take on, but there is good news. Uh, there's a new study that might be able to help. If you suffer from type 2 diabetes and are only on metformin, you may qualify for the new study from the folks over at the Applied Research Center of Arkansas. You must have an A1C 8 or above and uh, go to their website, arcarkansas.com, arcarkansas.com. Tell them that you'd be interested in being in uh, this uh, this program. You have to be 18 or older as well. Participants receive study-related care at no cost and, of course, compensation for time and travel. If you can't get on the, the web, then uh, give them a call, 501 954 Seven eight twenty two. If you do go to arcarkansas.com uh, and uh, you know diabetes, uh, type two diabetes study is not for you. Look into the low testosterone, kidney stones, ulcerative colitis, GERD, all kinds of studies that they have at the Applied Research Center of Arkansas. All right, we are back here on the Dave Ellswick Show, and uh, Rose Mims here, Arkansas Right to Life. If you can afford, uh, you know, 50 bucks, all right, uh, and can donate some money towards Arkansas Right to Life, they're bringing in a play that's going to be presented four different times, four different cities here in the state of Arkansas. And I'll stop there and I'll turn it over to Rose to tell you the rest of this. Yeah, it's called Viable, the Truth in One Act, and it's all about a secret abortion that a woman had 30 years ago that is affecting her life. Unbeknownst to her, she's very pro-choice, you know, very uh, abortion is the rights of all women, and her Mm -hmm. daughter is pregnant, and she's considering her choice, and that's what's really getting this woman, you know, thinking about it, and um it's an African-American cast, and which I like because of the toll that abortion takes on the African-American community. It's unreal. You know, how many abortions they are having. They, uh, Planned Parenthood, you know, targets 
them by placing their clinics in um, minority communities but that's another show um, I wanted to talk about the the trauma that a woman experiences uh, with a, a, an abortion in her past not only the woman but the, the father of the child also the mother and the father suffer terribly many times never recognizing where it comes from where that suffering comes from and um in this place she finally does come to grips with it and understands and um what this has done to her relationships all across with everybody in her life and god most importantly you know and she's in the church and so many women have had abortions and they're sitting in our churches on sunday and they are hurting, and there is no place for them to get help. Well, Bible will help them get help because there will be post-abortion ministries at every performance that will offer help for these mothers and fathers who are out there that maybe, you know, have hidden this abortion in their life and, and never knew that it um, was causing them any pain. And um, maybe they'll get the help that they need and be reconciled with God yes. in the meantime. Speaking of using a, a complete black cast, it was last year, if I'm not mistaken, maybe may have been year before, that in New York City, there were more black abortions than black live births. Yeah. That, 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 that boggles the imagination. Mm-hmm. And they're not alone. I think Washington, D.C. has that same statistic, <laughs> that they abort more black babies than are born. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Think about that. You want to think about somebody trying to get rid of you and get rid of your race? Yeah. Well, when you consider Planned Parenthood, that their patron saint, uh, that's what she wanted to do. Yep. I mean, that's exactly what she was trying to do from the get-go. You and the Irish, just to let you know. That's who she was after. Italians. Anybody, yeah. you know, that she didn't think was worthy of procreating. Pro, uh, yeah, she was a true yeah. eugenicist. Yeah, we are uh, trying to raise funds for the performances. Yes. It's three thousand dollars per performance. We'll be in four cities: Springdale, Jonesboro, Little Rock, and Texarkana. Late September, four days in a row. And I hope that your uh, listeners will make a, a point to put it on their calendar to donate for it and to come. We'll take a love offering at every performance to help with the cost, but really need to raise, raise the bulk of the funds before it comes. Okay, and again, it's going to be here in Little Rock on what date? The 29th. It's the a 29th. Sunday. Okay. It'll be at Covenant Presbyterian Church at 6.30 p.m. They can go to our website, uh, ARTL.org, or um you know, email me, um, ARTL4237 at att.net. Call you, and you can put them in touch with us. Yeah, I can put you in touch with them. Thank yeah. you, Rose, for coming in. It's always a pleasure to have you here. I look forward to having you back in the very near future. Thank you, Dave. All right, thank you much. All right, let's get to the news. And then Ed Monk wants to talk about background checks. You want to fight your liberal friends? Stick around. Ed's got the stuff. I'll give you the punchline when we come back. All right. Okay. I can't do that story on air. Anyway, more for you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Ed Monk's here, uh, Last Resort Firearms. And let's go. Let me take you back here to that. I want that question again. I want to ask you this question again. And to do it, I got to go. Got to go to Outlook. Bring it up. Here we go. There it is. And the question is, and it came across my Facebook page, 
Uh, we heard, Dave, that Ed Monk's going to be on the program today. We wanted to know if it is required to have a concealed permit for carrying a gun now in Arkansas. Uh, we wanted to make sure, and we know that Ed is an expert on these things. Well, it's 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 not required. See, and that's, uh, I think people, and it's, we get to the background checks, it's this way. People get this in reverse. We had a, a law enforcement officer, uh, I was at a, a presentation by a law enforcement officer, and he was he was shaking his little book that the attorney general produces. That's kind of a little quick reference book for law enforcement officers. He says nowhere in here does it say you can carry a gun without a license. And it's like well, that's in reverse. We're not as free citizens. We're not restricted to only do what the government says we can do. We are free to do everything we want to do unless they make it a crime. And right now in Arkansas, I can't find anywhere in the statute codes where it's a crime to be in possession of a handgun. Unless you are a prohibited person, you had a felony or something else that makes you prohibited, or you're in a location that they have somewhere in the law listed as a crime to carry a gun there, like on school grounds, like in a public facility or building. So I can't find the crime you you would be guilty of and therefore could be charged of because Act 746 changed the only misdemeanor that talked about it to where not only do you have to have possession of the gun for it to be a crime, but simultaneously you have to have intent to use it illegally as a weapon. But we also tell people that doesn't mean every cop, warden, deputy, trooper understands that, likes it, or knows it. So there's a case that I'm, I'm pretty sure you did on your show where a law enforcement officer took a guy's gun and was going to charge him for it. And he said, well, I have to have intent to use it illegally as a weapon. And he said, well, there's a round in the chamber of your gun. So to me, that that shows you have intent to use it illegally as a weapon. The whole time the cop's standing there with a gun with a round in his chamber. Yeah. It's just silliness. It's just. Now, is that Forest City? Is it might Forest be. City? Or Mountain okay. Home or Forest City. Yeah. It's, I can't remember this. But that's. The, the, you never know who you're going to run into. Now, will you win that in court? Different yeah. story. Yes. Well, you'll win, but. but it's still. days later. You've been charged. You have your gun confiscated. you got to pay for an attorney. Everybody's talking about so, it because it's been in the, the, the you know, local Fully paper, support carrying without a, a gun as long as you know where you can't go. Uh, with it but you know i don't have to have a license i still have a license because i want to carry legally in 37 other states plus it just makes things more defined and then if you get an enhanced license you can carry in even more places so yes you can have a gun in arkansas carry gun i believe an appeals court not just me i'm not even an attorney appeals court says the language is clear not we think the language is clear it's it's not a crime um but you can still be guilty of something if you have that gun in certain locations. All right. With that said, let me bring up one other thing, and that is a lot of businesses put up signs say no firearms allowed. Yep. That is their prerogative. My prerogative is that I might still conceal carry going into that business. Now, if they come up to me and say, say we don't want you carrying – then I have to leave. I haven't I haven't broken any laws yet, but I will have broken a law if I continue to stay saying I'm going to conceal carry no matter if you got to sign up or not. Yeah, I'm not an attorney, uh, but I think if you if you open carry so they see it, they know yeah. it. Yeah. Then you if if you clearly saw we don't want guns in this store, you violated store policy, but that's not a criminal act. If they ask you to leave and you don't, then I think you're going to be possibly very that's how you get in trouble charged with trespass sure uh if you have a concealed carry license now you're and you're carrying under the authority of that license and they have posted a sign in accordance with the law which means it's at every entrance and it says carrying of a handgun is prohibited mm-hmm. 
then you're in violation of the concealed carry statutes, and you could possibly have your concealed carry license revoked or suspended or something. Okay. All right. Now, you specifically asked to come on today because yeah. you want to debunk a lot of this background check crap that's out there. Yeah, and, and really, what I really want to talk to is is gun people because if you're if people that are liberal, always they want gun control no matter what because it's a political or emotional thing for them. I'm not going to reach them, but my concern is I keep running into people who say, well, I'm a, no one's a stronger Second Amendment supporter than I am, mm. but yeah, fill in the blank. No one would say, I am the strongest First Amendment supporter you've ever seen, but I think we have to ban some religions. Yeah, No one would say, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a strong supporter of the First Amendment, but I think we ought to have licenses issued by the government before you're allowed to go to church. You know, I'm a strong Second you, Amendment supporter, but... Yeah, I don't think you should be able to have an AR-15. Yeah, it's you can say one or the other, but you can't logically say both. So what I correct? I ran into people that claim to be gun people, and we get into what I call the circular discussion. I say I don't think we should have background checks, and they look at me startled. Well, of course we have to have background checks. Why? Well, to keep guns out of the hands of criminals. So you're saying criminals can't get guns now? Oh no, they can get them easy. So why should we have background checks? Well, to keep guns out of the hands of criminals. But, but you're saying criminals can get guns. Oh, they get them all the time. Then why do we need background checks? To keep mm-hmm. guns out of the, it's It doesn't work, but I feel good about having it. It's the old thing of you have a bad fever. You're sick. We put leeches on you, and it doesn't help. So instead of saying leeches aren't the answer, we say we got to get more leeches because it's not working. And it, it just saddens <laughs> me for two reasons. One, they don't understand background checks. Do not work at all. They don't work. It's a facade, and they also have forgotten the de- definition of a right. And not just the nebulous rights. You can say, I have the right to eat cookies. I have the right to have a purple car. But those very few— Don't you dare look at my yeah. chocolate chip cookie yeah. and say that. Yeah, I'm looking. <laughs> the very few enumerated, specifically listed rights that our founders put in the Constitution. Now, in the Ninth Amendment, they said you have more than that. So we didn't list the only ones you have. But they took the time to list very few. And I think if you say something is a right, I think that that puts it in a category that makes it specific and protected in specific ways. And I think people have forgotten that. So they're willing to put up with government abuse and government violations of a right. So what I ask people is, you know, that today is Thursday. Some people go to worship on Sunday. If you went to your church this Sunday, but before you could get in there, there was a church employee out there. And he asked everybody, before you walk in, I need to see your driver's license. You can't get in there. Well, my spouse drove me. I didn't. I don't have my license. I'm sorry, sir. You can't go in church today without that driver's license. The government requires that we cannot let you in to worship. Would worship at that point be a right for you? I think the answer clearly is no. The government is meddling. It's interfering. It's delaying. It's stopping you. And everybody recognizes that. But if you go to purchase a firearm, and it's totally legal for you to own a firearm, but you go there and you say, let me see your driver's license. And you say, well, I, I, you know, I forgot my driver's license. My spouse drove me here. Well, I'm sorry, sir. We can't sell you a firearm without your driver's license. People don't see that as, a, as the same thing, even though it clearly is. What if you had your driver's license, but it expired three days ago? You slipped up, let it expire three days ago. And they wouldn't let you in your church because the expiration of your license was August 19th, 2019. We're not going right. to let you into worship. What do you mean? You're not going to let me worship because my driver's license. That's crazy. But that's they will not let you purchase a gun at a dealer if your license is expired. What if you moved today? What if you moved today from 123 Main Street to 231 Second Street? You moved across town. Right. And so when you tried to worship on Sunday, 
They said, is, is this your correct address? Well, no, actually, I haven't updated it. Three days ago, I moved. You were not going to let you in the church. If you go to buy a firearm and your driver's license does not have the, the address you're living at at that moment, they won't let you buy a firearm. Clearly, that would be a violation if it was required to worship. But so many of us that claim to support rights and be strong supporter of rights, all rights, not just gun rights, we don't see it as a violation. Uh, what if you went to visit your sister in another state and you wanted to go to church with her on Sunday? That's allowed. The government can't stop you. Right. But what if you when your sister lived in another state, you went to visit, you went into that church in that state, and you showed an Arkansas driver's license, and they said, I'm sorry, sir, you can't worship in this state with an out-of-state driver's license. Well, that's clearly a government violation of your right to worship. Clearly, everybody would agree with that, but we put up with it. And I meet so many gun people who say, well, sure, we should have those kind of restrictions. They've just forgotten. What if you're illiterate? We still have illiterate people. What if you can't read? Well, not only do you have to show your ID, but you have to read and fill out, write, fill out a form. What if you can't read that form because you're illiterate? You cannot buy the gun unless you fill out the form. If, you, if, you can't, if you're illiterate, you can't fill out the form. So we're den- the government is denying you the right, to ex- denying you the ability to exercise a constitutionally guaranteed right because you're illiterate. There's no other right like that. What if you just can't see well? Your eyes are bad. You forgot your glasses that day. So I can't read the form to understand it and fill it out. What if you have a medical condition, palsy, Parkinson's, and you shake and you can't write clear enough right. to fill out the form? You're not going to buy a gun today. Because you have to fill out the have to valid ID and fill out the form legibly before they will even go further in letting you buy the gun. We're denying constitutional rights because of medical conditions, whether or not you have a license, whether or not the license is expired by two days, whether or not the license has the current address. Even if you have everything right, you have a current license, you fill out the form perfectly, they can still then run the background check, either by phone or over the computer. And you get delayed and not be able to go into that church. So you come to the church. Yep, you got an Arkansas driver's license with the correct address. You got the correct date on there because it's valid. You fill out the form perfectly. They type it in the computer and go, well, we can't let you worship today. Come back in five days. But wait a minute. I'm, there's nothing wrong with my record. I filled out the form. I have a valid license. Yeah, but the computer system's down. It can't complete the background check. So we're not saying you can't worship. You just can't worship today. Well, Martin Luther King said a right delayed is a right denied because it was denied to you when you wanted it. And that's the definition of a right. Not you get to do things when the government says you can do things. If the government says you can do things, you can do them whenever you want. That's the definition of a right. Even if the computer system's up, the computer system could come back on your background check and say, well, we need more time. We can't tell you right now whether you're clear or not. So come back in five days. We wouldn't put up with that with any other right, but we put up with it with the Second Amendment. So it's we don't really treat it like a right, even though we like to say we do. In my experience, and I, I, it's limited, I've been helping at a, at a store that sells guns for about eight years now, but in my experience, one out of ten people who attempt to buy a gun and do the background check are delayed. All right, with that thought, hold, yep. your, hold your thought. we got to take a final break. We'll be back. Ed Monk, Last Resort Firearms Training, is my guest. He's a virtual encyclopedia about this stuff, talking about background checks and why they're not the panacea everybody thinks they are. All right, back with you. Dave Ellswick's show right here on uh, 1011, The Answer. And uh, Ed Monk is sitting here and going over background checks. And again, he's doing this, and uh, I want to make this clear. For you who are liberals, 
The facts that he'll get won't make a hill of beans to you. You don't care about facts. You just don't like guns. But for people who want to protect their right to keep and bear arms, these facts could help them uh, keep on the straight and narrow, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I compare it to the three-year-old when you're trying to check out the grocery store that sees a candy bar, and he just he's not logical about it, and you can't talk him out of it. He wants the candy bar, and he will scream until he gets a candy bar. And that's the way I want everybody. Gun control people have wanted background checks forever. And it's just after every active shooter event, they bring it up again because they know people are emotional and they'll be they'll be eager to try to do something, uh, even though it won't help. And the last two big active shooters in El Paso and Dayton passed background checks. They, yes, they, they passed did. background checks. And people say, see, this is proof we need background checks. Well, we need more stringent background. Well, what does that mean? They, they had not done anything mm-hmm. that would have prohibited them. You, they and most active shooters pass background checks. Three active shooters passed background checks, but shouldn't have because the system's broke. It is a facade. It's there to make us feel good. The active shooter in uh, Aurora, Illinois, uh, the Waffle House, and I think it was in Tennessee. I think Nashville and Sutherland Springs. They had things, criminal things, in their background that should they should have come up denied in the background check, but they passed them because the background system is broke. It's inaccurate. Ninety-four percent of people who are denied, who the background check system says you should not have a gun, there's something in your record, you're prohibited. Ninety-four percent of the people that appeal that decision, it comes back in their favor. So they're the NIC system, the background check system, is denying way more people that should be able to own guns than people that shouldn't. And so every year they say this many thousands of people were prevented. This the way they'll put it in the media is seventy thousand people last year. Felons were prevented from buying a gun because of the NICS check system. It's a great success. No, 70,000 people were temporarily prevented from getting a gun, and the vast majority of them were law-abiding citizens that a false positive came up. There you it's go. It's just crazy. Um, and active shooters that passed and should have passed a NICS background check, the Vegas shooter, over 500 people he shot, passed multiple background checks buying multiple guns because he had nothing in his past. Pulse nightclub shooter. Not only did he pass a background check, he was a licensed armed security guard. That's how clean his record was. So you, background checks aren't going to prevent him. Aurora, Colorado theater, the red haired guy at the Batman movie. He shot, he passed multiple background checks because he bought, he bought several guns over several months period. He shot 70 people. Virginia tech passed background checks. El Paso. This is one of the recent ones passed. Fort Hood, the major. He was a commissioned officer, a major in the Army. <laughs> yep. Surely he passed a background check. Luby's Cafeteria, the, the guy in Dayton. San Bernardino. Now, San Bernardino, the two radical Islam shooters. This is straw purchase. Yes. That actually, they didn't pass background checks. They got someone else to buy it for them. But they could have. They had nothing in their record. Had they gone to buy the guns, they could have. So some myths we commonly see out there. We got to do something because guns are just too accessible. Well, things we have a constitutional right to should be accessible. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't have to jump through hoops to get newspapers and Bibles and other things. And too accessible compared to what? Before 1968, if you wanted a high-powered rifle or a handgun, you could call up Sears and Roebuck and get it sent to your house, COD, without any government yeah, paper. I know. So you're saying guns are too accessible now, but they're far less accessible than they used to be, and people don't understand that. It's just a knee-jerk. Guns are too accessible. Well, constitutionally protected items should be, and actually they're not, compared to 1965. And the only reason the Tommy gun 
couldn't be bought through a Sears catalog later on uh, was because of what went down in Chicago during Prohibition. Because of the 1934 Firearms Act, which limited fully automatic guns. Yes. But you could get high-powered hunting rifles, high-powered you know, multi-shot rifles or handguns by calling Sears and Roebuck or many other companies and have the postman bring it to your door. Here, here's one thing I'd like you to uh, to talk about. People say, well, machine guns are illegal. No, they're not. In most states, they are not. But they're, they're so expensive that most people won't buy them. But you do have to pay the government its pound of flesh. You have to pay them a $200 tax stamp for each, which in 1934, when that law was passed, it, that was prohibitive for 99% of people. $200 Correct. was huge. Now it's not. But the problem is in 1986, the federal government passed a law which banned production of fully automatics inside the country for right. civilian use or import. So it limited the number of them, and that shot the price up. You're, you're talking in the tens of thousands of dollars if you want to go through the process to own a fully automatic weapon. And you in know, most, like an M16, I think I saw it was about $18,000. And, and that would surprise me it was that low. But, yeah, that's true. You can, you can buy a fully automatic weapon in Arkansas if you got the money. Okay. I just yeah. want people to understand, yes, it, it's, they're not illegal. But – in 1965, you could order a gun through the mail delivered to your door. But now people will say, well, these Internet gun sales, the Dayton shooter bought his gun on the Internet, but he didn't take possession of it over the Internet. You can go online and pay for a gun at a place in Palmetto State. That's South Carolina, right? Right. There's a very, you can go online and buy a gun from a company in South Carolina, but they can't ship it to your door the way they could in 1965. They have to ship it to a licensed firearms dealer in your state, and you have to go to that licensed firearms dealer, do the background check, fill out the paperwork, and take possession. So they made a lot of, they incorrectly and, and intentionally falsely reported the Dayton guy. He bought his gun over the Internet. He paid for it in the Internet, but he took possession of it at a dealer in Ohio the same a way. Licensed a dealer. licensed dealer. which included a background check. So this Internet gun sales, they say that's a way to get around the background no, check. No, it's not. It is not. But the media is lying about it, and liberal politicians are like, try it. If you think that's true, if anybody out there thinks, I can get a, I can order a gun on the Internet and get it shipped to my door, try that and see how that goes for you. Yeah, they'll say, pick it up at X, Y, and Z yep, shop. Yep, they will say, send us a copy of the federal firearms license of the dealer you want us to ship to. Mm-hmm. They're not going to ship it to you. And that's the same thing with gun show loopholes. That's another made-up term. Well, you can go to a gun show and not, not, not have to go through a background check. That is possible. But private gun sales... did not require a background check by the federal government. So you can buy a gun from your hunting buddy, from your neighbor, from a family member, and you don't have to go through a background check. But there is no gun show loophole. There's nothing special about a gun show. Gun purchases inside of a gun show are exactly the same as gun gun sales outside of a gun show. So if you hear that term, it's another made-up thing to make people think, oh, there's there's a loophole somewhere that people are getting around something, and it doesn't exist. All right. And lastly, if they've got time, yeah, is two the, minutes is the reasonable. Re- well, come on, but you got to admit we got to have reasonable restrictions. That's right, and that's another political fallacy. Well, every person, Dave Ellswick, thinks he is reasonable. Elizabeth Warren thinks she is reasonable. I think I am reasonable. So when someone says, "Well, you got to agree, we need reasonable restrictions," what they're saying is, "You got to agree that we need the restrictions that I want," because I'm a reasonable person, and if I want the restrictions, by definition, they're reasonable. No, we don't need reasonable restrictions on constitutional rights. The Second Amendment says shall not be infringed. It doesn't say shall not be completely banned. It says infringed. Look that word up. 
It means encroached, approached, even minorly adjusted, minorly altered. And that's what it says. It doesn't say shall not be infringed unless a mass shooting happens, shall not be infringed unless you politically want to. It says shall not be infringed. Uh, we ought to follow the Constitution. We ought to follow the limits, and we ought to respect each other's rights. All right. We appreciate you coming on. Love doing it, Dave. I'm going to get you. you back on again in the very near future, and we'll do a full hour. Anytime. Get everybody on here and and get you in here and let people call in and ask any questions that they might have. We'd I, love it. We uh, have kept the phone calls uh, away so that he could give you all that information, and it was a ton if people want to get more of that information, perhaps that they want to use with other folks, where do they call you? 870-273-1113. That's my cell. You can text or call edmonk at AOL.com, Facebook page, Last Resort Firearms Training. All right. We're out of here for this hour. Coming up in the next hour, Dr. Terry Yamauchi is in the house on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Final uh Live hour today, because we'll be repeating uh, State Senator Kim uh, Hammer on with me uh, from the first hour. He had a lot of good things to talk about uh, here on the show today. And then uh, I'll be back again with you tomorrow. Matt Smith is back, and he'll be he'll be joining us. Grover Norquist will be on tomorrow. Uh, special edition of Dave Ellswick Show, 4 through 6 tomorrow Chris Carnahan will join us. He's a lawyer, and he's going to do Ask the Attorney. You know, uh, tomorrow for the show, do me a favor, uh, uh, Zach. Record the uh, opening of Perry Mason. Okay, I need the opening of Perry Mason for the, the two hours Chris is going to be on. Do you even, you don't even know what show I'm talking about. He's a young guy. He has no clue. Do you know who Raymond Burr was? <laughs> Yeah, you know because he was in Godzilla. That's the only reason you know who Raymond Burr was. <laughs> anyway, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to do great. We're going to do great things tomorrow. But we'll we'll open up with the uh, Perry Mason theme at four o'clock. Just so you know, you can look it up on on Facebook. It's or not Facebook, but on uh, YouTube. It's there. Can we play it, or is it going to? Are they going to call me and say you're being a bad boy, Dave? I see. Well, we can get by with it. We can. We can do it. All right. By the way, I just got some bad news. I want to pass it on to people who've been listening to me for years. You'll remember Jack Heinrich, who used to be my news uh, person over at the other radio station uh, that I used to work at. He just passed away yesterday. I just wanted everybody to know that he passed away. And, and you know, everybody gets all wrought up about that. And I, I really take a very light kind of a light view of this. You're born to die. I mean, I hate to tell you that, but you're born to die. And uh, it happened, and like I like to say it, it happens to the best of us. Just, to, just It even happened, it happened to the best, the best of us, all right? He even died. Now, he came back, but he had to die too. All right, with that said, Dr. Terry Yamauchi is there. Well, good to be back A here. man who never saw a baseball he couldn't hit. <laughs> Vita Blue Knuckleball. Okay. That tough. You know, I was, they had, uh, what was that on ESPN Monday night? It wasn't Monday night. It was the night that the Cubs and the Pittsburgh Pirates were playing. Was that um, Sunday, I guess it was, at the uh, Little League World Series game? Yes. That uh, Rezu hit that 
that ball up into the light stanion there. Paul, <laughs> you know, thought he was thought he was Hobbs from the Natural or something. You know, that was great. What a just a towering home run. But anyway, they had Mike Mussina on, and he was talking. Did Did you happen to hear that interview? No. He threw <clears throat> ten, ten different pitches, and then he would say, "If you mixed it up with the different." Uh, the different uh, angles that I released the ball, I probably had somewhere around 40 pitches. He said that's how he drove the hitters crazy. They never knew what was coming or from what angle it was coming. You know, he struck, Vida struck me out on three knuckleballs, and he told me he was throwing them at me. Really? Yep. And the last one was a ball. You uh, chased it? I well, I tried to chase it. <laughs> it that's was amazing. Funny. That, that's funny. I don't understand watching a. I understand. Look, you're you were much better hitter than I was. Did you guess what the pitcher was going to throw at you, or did you accept what the pitcher was going to throw? You just tried to pick up Some, spin. Sometimes I did yes. Okay. Sometimes I did yes, but most of the times, you know, I was watching it. Okay. Most of the time, but I did guess, and there were certain pitchers that I knew how they're going to pitch me. You know, I knew they were going to come inside, and I always liked high pitches. They knew that, so they threw me high and tight, and I yeah. swing at them. Would they climb the ladder on you? <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about. They, they throw one, they throw it at shoulder length. If you went for that one, they next one would be over your head. Uh, yeah, they they did that, but I... I <laughs> I was a pretty careful batter, but once I got, you know, got the scent, I was going to hit that next one. <laughs> you were hunting. You were hunting. I just don't understand pitcher. Look, I love Javi Baez of the Cubs. I mean, I think he's one of the most exciting ball players playing the game today. Him and Altuve and of Houston and stuff. But I got to tell you what. He swings at some of the worst pitches oh. I have ever in my life seen, and he'll hit some of them out of the ballpark. Well, you as a pitcher, you know, yeah. you were guessing what they might be thinking. Yeah, you're so, always you know, thinking about what the batter was thinking. I got I got hit in the eye by wow. a, a fastball inside, high and tight, that I kept waiting for it to break. I said, and break, 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 and it didn't break. Couldn't pitch up. You you weren't picking up the spin, it sounds like to me, Doc. <laughs> I, I was a freshman, so I guess I... No, yeah. You, did, you hadn't learned to read it yet. I hadn't learned enough. Yeah, you can learn. You know, you can learn to read a ball. I know a lot of people don't understand that, but you can. And people who tell me they don't like baseball, it's because you don't understand the game. Well, last night, they called a, one of the Little League pitchers, the umpire went out there and got on him because he was half an inch in front of the rubber pitching. Uh, you can't do that. you got to have your foot against the rubber. Well, that's what I'm saying. He called yeah. the little kid in that. Right. It reminded me when I was playing in college, uh, one of my opponents, who was a good friend of mine, six foot nine inch right-hander sidearm. <sighs> and when he threw the ball, it looked like he was throwing down the third baseline. <laughs> and he signed, and he... Uh, he told me, he said, uh, I said, uh, what what you learn at, in uh, training camp? He said, I, I, I learned to make, make my fastball, you know, half an inch faster. I said, 
And I figured, you know, a guy this big and this fast already, half an inch might make a difference. I said, why would you do that? I don't put my foot on the rubber. He said, I moved up half an <laughs> inch on the rubber, which I thought, wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, because you know, if, you, if you, you don't have it too far off, they can't tell. <laughs> well, that's what, I mean, a half inch and you're six nine. Yeah. You know, there's something that, Doc, and, and then we're going to get into talking about the, the serious stuff. Something that I don't see in Major <clears throat> League Ball now that always I saw from the time I was in high school to the time I was in college, and and that's a toe drag on on your on your uh, cleats off your push off. Do you know what I'm talking about, Zach? Used to be there's like a piece of leather or a piece of metal, in fact, on the toe of the the shoe. Like I was a right hander, so it would be on my right foot. And that was so when you drug your foot when you were delivering the ball, you didn't wear your shoe out. Right. And I don't see that anymore. Maybe it's that they just buy them new shoes all the time. I don't know. But And, and in fact, most picture, pitchers don't drag their foot anymore now that I start thinking about it. Yeah, you don't see that. Yeah. You know? And I don't know why that, why that, maybe it's That's after they load. I never I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah. Years. I just happened to notice it one day. I was like, well, why? Why are these guys don't have to? You know, don't get it. Could been it stopped after they lowered the mound. That may have been what it was. You didn't have the reason you drug your foot keep them falling down sometimes. Yeah. No, uh, very well. That was the reason. How tall were you when you were pitching? Six one. Six one. Okay. Yeah, I was back in the day. That was being tall. That's you know, cool. and then Vida Blue and Juan Marichal screwed it for everybody. <laughs> was it Marischal that had the high kick, or was yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, God. but he's not very big. No, he's you not. Know? No, I batted against him, and he he kicked high, but he was, I, I he was not, he wasn't even six feet. No, I did not know that. I thought he was yeah. a much taller guy. No, you thought so. But. I was listening to, on on the Pirates. They were talking about the guy that hit the the, the most home runs for them. Uh, the la- no, it was RBIs. The last true hundred RBI hitter they had on the Pirates was who? Take a guess. Um, Willie Stargell. That's who it was. I thought nineteen seventy five. That is the last one hundred RBI man they had at Pittsburgh. Not even Barry Bonds. No. Is that amazing? Willie Stargell. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it don't make sense to me either. I'm not saying, look, Bond was a 30-30-30 guy, all right? But, you know, I don't know how many ribbies he was driving in. See, now we're into baseball. What can I say? Okay. It happens. Right. Whatever. It, happen- it happens to me all the time. I love baseball. I know you do. I love baseball. <laughs> baseball is such an interesting sport. It really Really well, is. people who don't under, really know it don't understand how interesting it is. Yeah, it is. And there's so many angles and so many ways that you know things can happen. People always ask me if I go to a ball game. They say, "Well, why didn't they do?" We don't know what's going on in the minds of the managers, the players. We don't know what the what the um, idiosyncrasies of all yeah. those people are. Somebody might not be able to write bat, bat uh, bunt. He may not be able to bat. But That's a lost art. 
Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm serious. You know, if you can't bunt, you, your manager better not call it. <laughs> There's not a pitcher in the National League that shouldn't be able to bunt. I'm just saying. I agree. It's a viable weapon. You know, and and with these these all these shifts that now, they're could playing you bunt? on players, and, oh, yes, I could drag bunt, which may be doubly seriously oh. a, a weapon. As I a right hander, that's lefty. I was a lefty. I threw right, but bad at left. Oh, that's right. So okay, I, that's I could be leaving the batter's box and laying the ball down. Yeah, all right, and yeah. that that is a thing to do. But now they've lost that that whole thing. I mean, with with all these shifts that they got going on, I don't understand. Why players don't learn to bunt and bunt down the lines where you know third baseman's playing shortstop? That's a that's a base hit every time. Somebody, well, you might have hit a home run. Probably not. All right, the chances are not. All right, but now you put yourself on base. I, I was I was taught um, to bunt the ball just like you catch the ball. Yeah, and uh, I I actually won a game bunting a ball behind my back. Yeah. Pitcher threw the ball behind my back, and I turned. I turned from a right-hand batter. I switched over here and bunted the ball. Good job. Yeah, did it twice. Once in high school and once in college. That, all that is is eye and head coordination. That's all that is. And you would think a, a major if you can league catch a ball, ball, you ought to be able to yes. bunt a ball. Yes, yes, I yeah. agree. Now you yeah. said that was the record when the last guy, a Pittsburgh player hit over 100 RBIs that's, in the season. Well, that's what they were saying on ESPN. Yeah, they definitely were wrong about that. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. See, he had to go look it up. Oh, did he? Yeah, he's a big Barry Bond fan. Oh, uh, well. He's <laughs> taking his head, yes. You know, he like, he likes <laughs> he's those a pretty guys. good ball player. <laughs> he likes those guys that take PEDs, you know. He's all, in, he's all into them guys. Yeah. He likes Roger Clemens, too. Oh, was it Palmero? Is that, that that's the other? Was it Palmero? Yeah, yeah. for Pittsburgh. Yeah, no, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I'm trying to think. You know who the as far as I'm concerned, and I know this is wrong, but because you know you got some of the great Pittsburgh players that are out there. Clemente was the best player I ever saw, but Richie Hebner. Yep, was one of the best ball players I ever watched <laughs> play. He was a good ball. Player. He was he was Mr. Clutch. He did everything. He could do everything. Yeah. He was an amazing ball player. See <laughs> now, only I think you're probably the only person I could have used that name with, Doc, who would even know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he, uh, did he play first base for a while at the yeah, end of his yeah, career, he, right? Yeah. Yeah. He he would be he could if nobody else played on Pittsburgh except for Richie Hebner, they'd beaten the Cubs. He could have pitched, catched, played first, second, short, third, left, right, and center, and they'd won. He'd won. He just killed them all the time. All the time. He had an interesting bat. This is a little trivia. Oh, okay. You'd think that he'd be using a thinner handled bat. Yeah. He used a thicker handled bat. Not a real thick handled bat. Not like Glenn Becker. No. Not the no, bottle no, bat. No, not a bottle bat, but it okay. was a thicker Thicker handle, just like Mickey Mantle in his day, he was using a thicker handle, but yes, he, he didn't use a real thin, whippy bat. Mm-mm. So, interesting. Did he say why he used it? Uh, no, I don't. I don't know. I think if you pitch it inside, you got to use something thicker. You know, or you're going to break the bat all the time. Well, I mean, if you're like Richie <laughs> Allen, I mean, his his bat looked like a toothpick. Well, but it was handle. a heavy bat. Yeah. 
Richie the battle, Allen. It, because all of the wood was in the barrel. He used a 44-ounce bat. I know. Huge. Looked like a club. And he was out there hitting. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, <laughs> Dr. Terry Yamauchi is here. And uh, he wants to talk about the, the recent flooding that we've had. And it, you still need to be careful about what was in the water at the time that the flooding occurred. Plus, I want to talk again with him because I keep reading the stories on from people that, well, I'm not going to get my kid immunized. Uh-uh, no, you get autism. We'll talk about it when we come back. <laughs> believe in a woman that's got a rack instead of a doctor who has a degree. We're back. Okay. We got about three minutes here. Take us to the bottom of the hour for the uh, the news. Let's get into talking about, uh, I want to go just go back to the flooding. We can cover this in about three minutes. Okay. Did we see very many cases of, uh, you know, diseases from the flooding because of all the crap that was in the water? No, we not, <clears throat> not overtly that we know of because those kinds of diseases were, a more common type of things, you know, infections that from wounds. Right. But we didn't see any or many exotic things, you know, like strange, strange diseases, mostly infections that were associated with being dirty or poor hygiene. Occasionally there were concerns about uh, snake bites and uh, other animals that were displaced. It, displaced, right. Right. So uh, as far as. <clears throat> Water, flood-associated diseases, uh, I wasn't brought to uh, question about those types of things. So no spikes of typhus or anything like that? Not that was recognized. Okay. All right. Okay. Glad to, glad to hear that. But we were always concerned about it, and that's it's good that we always had that, you know, watching out for things. But I, I got to ask you, we've got about a minute and a half, and, and I probably won't bring it up again, but... Aren't you glad you don't work out in California right now in L.A. or San Francisco with all this homeless crap that's going on out there? Crap that's going on. Yeah, I mean, that's seriously. That's exactly right. Yes. Yes. Explain to me why we can go to, through a huge depression. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we had shanty towns and Hoovervilles and, you know, <laughs> the guys riding the rails. And you never heard about them taking a dump in the middle of the road. Now... You go to to L.A. or you go to San Francisco, and that's all these people do is crap in the middle of the road and stuff. I, I don't know, Dave. I, I, to me, this is beyond comprehension. Yeah. You know? I mean, that you've got to have a department of the city that their whole job is to go out and hose down the streets and the sidewalks because there's poop all over them. I don't get it. I just don't I, get it. I don't know either. Uh, well, I, I saw I, a lady on YouTube, and she said she gets up every morning I, and goes out and, and cleans her off. Po- cleans off her porch. Mm-hmm. People poop on her porch every night. Yep, yep. That would happen one night, and then I'd be out there with a shovel at the nighttime, and I'd be practicing in my old baseball swing. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, that would that would stop. I saw Sorry. on the news this morning there's some guy hosing off his uh, front port. All right. We'll talk more when we come back with Dr. Terry Yamauchi. All right. Back with you, Dr. Terry Yamauchi is here. I promised I would talk about 
immunizations. And there's a lot of stuff, a lot of information about that uh, coming around. You wanted to talk about flu a little bit, didn't you? Well, first of all, you know, I have to eat crow a little bit, but it's not anything different than what we said last year. The flu vaccine looked pretty good. We thought, you know, everybody should get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But but as we said, it's only as good as what it's made against. Right. And as now we know, one uh, strain of influenza was not included in the vaccine, and that's the one that became prevalent. And so we had a lot more disease, and it Kill, went down. It kicked a lot of people's butts last year. Exactly, and it turned out that it went down in history as one of our poorest vaccines. So, you know, this year, the vaccine's out this year. I hate to say this again, though, but it's supposed to be really good for the strains that are going to be here this year. It's out there. We're using it. Uh, and all I can say is, you know, if the vaccine, if the flu doesn't change, if the virus doesn't change, it should be an excellent prevention for uh, preventing the disease. You know, I, I forgot. Next, you know, we're almost to September. Yeah. And typically I get my flu shot. Yep. Last of September, oh, very yeah. beginning of October. Yes, that's uh, that's when it's been recommended most of the time. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll just have to see what happens. And uh, But I, I don't say I'm completely wrong because I think we wa- talked about that. We warned about it last year. Yeah. But, um, you know, you want to say something about vaccines. People are concerned about about immunizations right now, of course, because kids are starting back at school. Yes. And so there's a... A rally as such of people saying, gee, be sure your kids are vaccinated. Be sure yourselves are vaccinated if you Mm -hmm. need it. Now, Dave, I'm going to tell you, our system is set up so that, you know, unfortunately, I think it's going to take something bad to happen. You know, we're going to have to have some sick kids or we're going to have to have a lot of disease run through the community before people realize that, gee, I better, you know, I better do it. Uh, they said on the Elswick show, we, you know, we need to, we can get protected if we'll get it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and yet ah, I got something else to do, you know, this or that. And until that happens or until the officials, whoever they might be, Put their foot down. Says you can't go to school until you. That's what it used to be. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. But until somebody you know says that, and until we see some some meat on it, we're gonna we're gonna be pleading with people. I'll be back here next month and say you know we had some measles again or we had whatever, and you know. Miss Movie Star is going to say, no, you know, you, look, we saved all these kids from getting autism. Uh, we saved them from turning purple or whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, there's there's a huge, there's a lot more people that listen to, you know, Miss Movie Star than yeah. listen to me. Yeah, you're <laughs> what right. do I know? <laughs> yeah, what does she know? Well, I mean, she I mean, got double D's, but nobody cares what she knows. <laughs> Well, I'm just so that's that's the problem we're we're faced with, and uh, that's a reality. Uh, I recognize it. I I've done this for forty years. Come out and telling people, and I'm willing to go out. I'll go out anywhere and tell people, you know, about what we ought to do and how we ought to do it. If somebody wants me to do that, you know, I've go. I've been up 
to Harrison. I've been down to Texarkana. Uh, I don't mind doing that if, you know, I'm asked. So, um, you know, we we somehow have to make people more aware besides having a lot of disease or, or death uh, in our community. Yeah, well, we've had major outbreaks over the last few years of measles in the United States and uh, chicken pox. Well, we had the biggest outbreak of mumps last year in Arkansas, in the whole country. Yeah, I mean, seriously, I got to believe you look at that and just shake your head. Well, I I I, I mean, when I was a kid, I remember we eradicated that stuff. It's like polio. I worry that polio is going to come back. Well, there's a form of disease like polio that we've started to see in different places, so... Uh, I, I don't think that we have a vaccine specifically for that that disease right now. But you're right. We're starting to see some diseases. Well, you never used to see mumps. We never used to see measles. But yeah. it's crept back in chickenpox. Yeah. Gosh. You know, and those are preventable diseases. There was a lady here just recently. I think the story was two weeks ago. It was in her 30s. Got the measles. It killed her. Yeah. Oh. Killed her. People don't realize, you know, you think of that, that's just a childhood disease. You know, no, 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 no. Other people can get it too, and it can be fatal. Well, some of the childhood diseases are worse are they in now? adults. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> they're like shingles? They're sicker. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, this year I get my shingles. It's been hard to get one. You can't get the vaccine. Right. It's very hard to get. Uh uh, I don't know why there are only certain places that you can get them. Uh, I'm on the list, and I've been on the list to get a shingles vaccine for. I want one. To be honest, I well, told my mom get it. Before. I'm on this list at the, the pharmacy I use, yeah. and they said, you know, we'll be glad to call you, Doctor Yamuchi, when, when it comes in, and I know they will. Yeah, but I, I looked at the list the other day, and there are 40 people on that list. 40 names. You know, just waiting. <laughs> yeah, just waiting. They'll call you and you say, your shingle shot's ready. I got the shingles. Thank you very much. You know, that's the way you feel about it. Yeah. So uh, it's it seems funny that we keep talking about this and we have uh, still have uh, such a low, low acceptance. Uh, they don't want to get shot. They don't want to get that needle. You know, but there'll be 50 stories about, why you should vaccinate your child and then want to come out and say they'll have a story and they'll interview a mom or some or a dad and my son got sick because of vaccination yeah i know and, it was a vaccination yeah and i know that's what caused it probably not but still and then thousands of parents will not get their children vaccinated because of that and i don't know how to combat that there's What's no, so, there's nothing you can do to combat it. Well, you know, we we have these educators telling us there's new ways to do this, better audiovisual aids, uh, more. <laughs> no, really, they I mean, they, yeah. they get people spending hundreds of thousands of dollars trying yeah. to develop a program that will catch their attention. Yeah, or Madison make, Avenue doing it from well, New York. You're you know? exactly right. You know, and you know, uh, what have I got to combat that you know i know a lot about baseball yeah (laughs) (laughs) you know so uh i wish there were were ways that we could 
besides grabbing them by the shirt and shaking them and say, listen, you stupid, you know, this works. We got proof that it works. Yeah. Scientific proof that it works. You're, and yet, ta- you're taking a bigger a bigger chance not vaccinating your child than you are if you vaccinate your child. Right, exactly. Right, but yeah, that, you put them in harm's way, and you put other people in harm's way. Yeah, right, absolutely. that's the other part of that, yeah, that. Other members of your family, everything or, or community. Mm-hmm. You know, you put all those people you put at jeopardy, and yet we can't can't show them. We could. You know, we we got figures to show the amount of money you can save. We can save our gov our government. We can save our system, whatever it is, millions of dollars by just using this preventative scheme, and yet it goes over their heads. Shoot, you used to have to go to the doctor to get vaccinated. Now you can get vaccinated. Go to Walmart and get vaccinated. Oh yeah, it's yeah. easy. It's not difficult. It's it's simple now, and. You know, it's crazy. People just And here we are talking about, you know, why you should get it. And it's so sim- simple. And people don't want to do that. Uh, I, it, it, it's it boggles fa- your mind, yes. It does. It really does. And, and I'm being sincere about this because yeah. it's such a simple thing. And I, I know that, that the people at the health department and other health professionals are frustrated by trying to get this point across, to try to prove it to people or to make them more, well, I guess they're aware, but I don't know. They, they don't, it's not that they don't care. It's, it's, <laughs> but you know, Doc, every time I get a flu shot, I get the flu. Yeah. Huh? Right. <laughs> right. Or I he hates it when yeah. I do this. Yeah. I never got sick until the I got the shot. won't. The flu vaccine will not give you the flu. Guess what? It's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I know that's not true. I know it's not not true true. because I've seen that happen to my That's right. It's it's a government conspiracy. All right. Let's take a final break. We'll be back. Dr. Terry Yamauchi is with us talking infectious diseases, but most of all, talking about getting your children vaccinated, getting yourself vaccinated. When's the last time you got a tetanus shot? We'll talk about that when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thank you very much, Doc was saying. He likes coming into my studio. If you're a conservative, you'll love coming into my studio. You know, I, I, there's, some, there's a few th- other things I want to add. Because of Kaepernick, uh, I, got the, I got the Betsy Ross flag. You see it behind you? So I hung it up. I got the 13 star flag up there for, uh, just for him. Yeah. You know, but. Uh, you got an endorsement from Betsy? Nah. Yeah. I went to her house when I went to Philadelphia. And it's right right downtown Philadelphia. We go to Constitution Hall and stuff. Well, uh, Rush is getting a big boost out of the that shirt T-shirt. Yeah, My God. baby. He sold a ton of those. I didn't. I got to show you. Hold on. I didn't show this to you. Just watch on. Yeah. Know that I haven't left if you're listening on the radio, but if you're watching on Facebook, I'm going to move over here. I got to show. I got to show the doc my new shirt. Oh no! Doyle Webb came visit me last week and brought me my 50th anniversary new shirt. See if you like this. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> 
just so everybody can see it. You'll be able to get one of these soon, all right? I got it early, just so everybody knows. I'll be hanging that up in the studio as well. And it says Trump Vision well, you have to be, 2020. What, what day are you going to wear it? You're going to have to wear it one day. Yeah, I have to wear it. I know. I, I, I will. We're, we're already planning on, on going to Charlotte, North Carolina, for the uh, we're a year away from the Republican National Convention. So we'll be broadcasting that. Zach will be back here. He doesn't get to go. He's got to run the, the board. I mean, somebody's got to. Somebody got to stay behind. Zach gets to stay behind. I'll tell you, the political situation right now is such an entertaining. Uh, you know, you just wonder what's. I mean, I'm off. I know we're off the subject, but that's all right. Go ahead. I just. That's what's good about my show. We'll be talking about serious stuff, but we'll talk about even more serious stuff. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I love your comments, and I, you know, I agree with most of them i know yeah so well if you agree uh, with me 100 percent, you never have to listen to me <laughs> <laughs> now i could come back on that too dave but i'm not <laughs> you know i'm i'm that's okay i'm pretty free with my thinking so i know you are uh, uh and I, I love the way you think and state things the way they are i mean that's why well, it's great to be here that's why the show i believe has always been uh, successful is because I say exactly what I believe and I say what I think most people are thinking. I mean, you tell me that most people out there aren't like I am and say, okay, if you think you're, if you're a boy and you think you're a girl, okay, okay, you're going to be that, that's okay. But you want to go in and, and, uh, use the stall next to my daughter in the bathroom that's not okay right and don't try to have a baby yeah 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 i i'm about and, and don't please report it on the news that a man had a baby when it was really a girl who thought she was a man come on well we could go on and on you know how about the insanity that's going on and there's trouble with it, there's too many people that believe that or side with it saying that's okay well okay don't bother me with it yeah, they'll think it's okay until their daughter comes to them and says, I want to be a boy. And don't ask me to pay for that. Yeah, yeah, that's the other thing. I've always said that from the word <clears throat> get-go. I don't care if somebody wants to do heroin. Just don't ask me to pay for your treatment. And people then say, I'm the person who's mean. Well, uh, no, I'm not. <laughs> well, we spend a, a lot of time talking about those those things, but yeah. I, I will just reiterate the vaccine thing. You need yes. to get vaccinated. We can protect you. We can protect your children, or we can protect your That's neighbors or the community protect around the you. But you have to help us. Mm-hmm. You have to help us. I mean, I can't just keep wishing this. Uh, you've got to come or go somewhere where they can provide you with it. And it's there. You just have to... Get yourself out of the house and do it. Let me. I'm going to ask you to address one last thing because it's the whole thing about autism. That all that's Jenny McCarthy crap. All right, just keep that in mind. Anyway, and if you go and just look at that Lancet study, you'll find that it's been debunked. It wasn't true. It was false. It was an error. I can't. I can't say it any clearer. It's not true. It's that simple. It's not fact. 
Last but not least, what do you say to all these parents that say, well, I would get my child vaccinated, but they want to do these mixtures for vaccination. They're going to put, you know, four different vaccines together, and that can't be good. (laughs) (laughs) He gets so tired. He answers this question every time he's on my show. That's an excellent question, and it should be addressed. Uh, what people don't realize is that every day that you walk outside, you expose yourself or you're exposed to multiple, multiple antigens or germs. Okay. okay? And there may be, you know, a hundred of them. And that's all in one breath or one right. lick or one whatever. And your body deals and, with and it. And your body deals with it. Right. Now, different combinations, we don't know all the combinations, but you're exposing yourself to them. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, I, I don't know how to answer it any better. I, I We can't do all the combinations, you know, mathematically, I guess you could figure out something, but it's it, it, it's just a simple fact of being alive, you're living in the environment you are. If you lived somewhere where there are no germs or there are no antigens, uh, then you might have a better idea what you're faced with. But no, I mean, that's uh, there are multiple combination vaccines that you take right now that you don't even know their combinations. You know, the the like the flu, we know right. there's several viruses in that. The polio virus, there are several polio viruses in that. Uh, pneumonia. Pneumonia is a classic. There are, you know, many up to 20 or 15 or 20 yep. in that vaccine and you know people are surviving and doing well and it's working in those that get it i got you doc thanks for coming in well thanks for always having a me. pleasure uh, always next show you come come back on i'm gonna say we're just gonna talk about baseball <laughs> well, all right dave ellswick show don't forget about Dwayne smith's insurance agency call them at 501-819-0373 sit down with them go over your insurance with them let them show you they can get your car insurance or health insurance or life insurance and all the rest at a better price and get more coverage they're located at 3920 east keel avenue in sherwood they're all state people that's Dwayne smith's insurance agency we're just about out of here terry yamauchi is a good friend he's a great doctor he's world-renowned and it's always great to have him on the show. Thanks so much for making the time for me today. Appreciate thank, you. Thank you for having Stay me. Stay well, brother. Stay out of the heat. We'll talk about that the next time he comes on. I'm I just hope. telling you. Oh, don't do that. Your doctor. I, your doctor. Yeah, next time you're just going to keel over. Get a new doctor, doc. <laughs> All right. See you tomorrow. Matt Smith up first, 2 o'clock on the Dave Ellswick Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.